0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Commonwealth Sela Podcast. This is Charlie, and today I'm here with one of our microchurches, Mark, Christina, Andrew, and Peyton. They all live in the uh, Saybrook neighborhood of West Knoxville and have been serving their community through a microchurch for a little over a year now. They call their microchurch Common Soil. Um, we've, they've been able to share at, at our gatherings before, and we just thought, you know, it's, uh, God's been doing a lot through you guys and through your community and in your neighborhood. It's we're overdue for an update, uh, just to hear a little bit about what's been going on. So thank you guys for taking the time to do this.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
2: Thanks for having us.
0: Cool. So. Uh, what I, where I would like to start is, and and there's going to be people listening that this is their first time hearing about common soil and about you guys. So about a year ago, it was a little bit over a year ago, you all shared in front of the community a pretty robust and clear vision for what your microchurch would be. And it was, it was great and really encouraging. Um, but over the last year, God has adjusted and changed and, and, and kind of tweaked things. So things look a little bit different. Can you tell us a little bit about what your microchurch, what the plan was and how over the last year, your rhythms and practices and focus has changed?
1: Yeah. Originally, the original goal was to have create a community garden. That was kind of a place of peace for our area um all four of us kind of had a passion for gardening and the outdoors and sustainable living and things like that and so we kind of wanted to create this area this community garden where people could come in and partake in that um what has changed is a lot because obviously that's you know that's a big that's a that's a big step to take to create something like that and so we talked with a lot of people. Um, we we talked with Chris Battle from Battlefield Farms. Um, we volunteered at his farm for a few months um, just to kind of like see what he's doing, um, pick his brain on things. And one of the biggest takeaways was that he said that we should start with our neighborhood first and really try and identify, identify the needs of the people in our area and the people that we're trying to to impact, because if we don't know what their needs are, then how are we going to hope to help them? Um, And so we kind of took that to heart. And with Mark and Christina moving in, you know, two houses down, we were like, well, maybe, maybe we should just focus on the people that are right next to us. So we kind of shifted from this like big dream, big plan of, you know, a, a community garden in West Knox to let's just see what's going on in the people living 20 feet from us. Um, so that's that's kind of what we, we worked on pretty much all of 2023 was um, starting monthly neighborhood get-togethers, um, trying to make time for intentional walks around the neighborhood to meet people, um, trying to gauge their interest on, you know, coming to neighborhood events, inviting people into our home, um, things like that, where we can really kind of dive into relationship to people, uh, on a more personal level than just trying to launch this giant, you know, idea that we had. Uh, and it would it's, it's been, it's been super impactful, I think, to our, not only to our neighbors, but I think to us, um, very much so. Uh, I think, you know, it's created more of a community in our neighborhood where there wasn't one before. Uh, which is what we were wanting to do with the community garden. So it kind of came full circle in a way of like trying to create a a little community. And by focusing in on the people next to us, we, we, I feel like we kind of accomplished that to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Um, As a core MC though, we kind of developed rhythms of meeting every other week, trying to be consistent and intentional in our mission um, which includes each other, you know, the, the four of us and Isaac in the room, um we went through the books uh we went through uh what art of neighboring and intangible kingdom together and um we dove into the rules of life that you taught about we started incorpor- incorporating lectio that's been an important part of our mc's listening prayer and even sometimes just chatting about what's going on in life and you know sometimes we're all exhausted and we just want to you know talk about our, our highs and lows of the day or the week or whatever.
0: That's great. And so I've been able to hear stories throughout the year. Gardening has still played a role in your microchurch, maybe not in the way that you thought it would at the start. What, what does that look like? How has gardening been a theme through these relationships?
1: Yeah, we so we have our garden. We moved it to the front yard for one. So when we're working out in it, we like working on it. We can always see people walking by, and people are interested in it. And it's kind of become a talking point of, you know, we see you have a garden. What are you growing, and um, that sort of thing. And it's it's amazing how many people have similar interest to you when you just talk to them and ask about it. The amount of other gardeners in this neighborhood is is crazy. It seems like it's everybody's got a garden. Um, So we've talked about doing a neighborhood seed swap or at the end of the harvest, like swapping, you know, if somebody had a good tomato harvest, you know, I'll trade you a tomato for a cucumber or whatever. Um, So it's been, it's been a fantastic uh, touch point with people and kind of common ground to talk with people. Um, So it's, yeah, in a a weird way, it's been a critical part of, Mm -hmm. of what we've been doing.
0: That's cool. Can you guys tell us a little bit about more about the relationships that you've cultivated over the last year? What do you see God doing through those relationships with your neighbors?
2: Yeah, like Andrew said, we went through a book called The Art of Neighboring. And one of the things that they encourage you to do is to find out if you don't already know the names of the people living closest to you. So that was a big starting point of just taking walks and getting to know people on a first name basis. There's basically two streets in our neighborhood. It's not huge, but just walking around and, you know, trying to get to know people in that way. And the other rhythm was these monthly get togethers. We started with just some block parties at the Turner's house and their driveway. It's like perfect for just hanging out in the front yard and getting to know people in a less uh threatening or less intimidating space it's just hey we're going to get together and have some food everyone brings something in 4th of July we shot off fireworks and that was pretty fun for families to bring their kids and um in August we were meant to have a back to school bash and hired a food truck as a neighborhood and everything but then we were hit with those tornadoes and it actually got canceled, this back-to-school bash that everybody was kind of looking forward to. And that was going to be, like, a neighborhood-wide. I would say, like, our main street is where we know most of the neighbors so far. We know others, but um, just in our main street. And so this was an opportunity, like, oh, wow, we'll get to meet other people because this is, like, the whole neighborhood. But because it got canceled from the tornado, there were some um, – There, it was kind of disappointing, but at the same time – we had already been having these monthly get-togethers, and we had the opportunity to do a little neighborhood cleanup together. And for people who had big trees down, the guys could use their chainsaws that they don't always get the opportunity to use and, and just help each other out. And then afterwards, we still grilled out together and spent some time just, again, hanging out, getting to know each other on a very lighthearted basis as much as we could after a tornado. And there were some like severely damaged homes in our neighborhood. It was pretty hard, but it was also very cool to see everybody come together and help each other out and support each other. Whereas before, if we hadn't been having these get togethers, like, I'm not sure we would have known, like, who are you? And like, I don't want you in my backyard or I don't know. Um, so that, that felt like a very opportune time to just come together and get to know each other more. And another story, uh, one of our neighbors owns a hair salon and Mark and I, when we had our little wedding ceremony in October, the wife offered to basically spend the whole day pampering me and like closed her shop and, you know, put out this huge spread of food and just got me all gussied up (laughs) for the day and did my hair and And Peyton came in and it just felt like such a blessing that, you know, I would have never known to even ask for. And it kind of just happened because of these relationships we had been cultivating. And um, what's interesting about that is we have obviously intentions to bless other people uh, a lot, like that's what we want to do. But then in that, we have been blessed a lot by our neighbors, which is just such a cool way that God has (laughs) just used these relationships and then in October we did a chili cook off and a costume party and we thought the costume party would be like a big hit with the kids and then like no children showed up (laughs) so it was like the adults and and some some of the adults got really into it and I think it was still really fun and Isaac made this awesome like ladle golden ladle trophy and the neighbor who won that like His chili was amazing, but it was also like he was so stoked to get this ladle and gift card to Amazon. And it was just like such a cool opportunity to um, come together just for fun. And we're like, maybe we'll turn that into a tradition. And then in December, we had always been doing these outdoor things. So in December, we were able to do a cookie exchange. We we wanted to keep it non-denominational because we have a lot of cultures and faith backgrounds in our neighborhood so we just did like a cookie exchange bring your favorite cookie and we'll we'll swap and everybody gets to go home with some different treats and that was really fun um just to again get to know different neighbors who hadn't been coming and because they had heard about these things they were like oh I've been meaning to come and I wanted to so we got to um continue to do that um And then in January, most recently, we had a big snowstorm and we were like really stuck and we couldn't get out to the point where we were like kind of running low on food. (laughs) And one night we were like, well, let's just all get together. And we each, we sort of created this stone soup all together because um, we had some ingredients, the Turners had some ingredients, some other neighbors had some ingredients. so we just got together and spent time together. We were stuck anyway. And it was just another opportunity to come together around a table. And one thing that I think we've really noticed is that people want connection, even if they don't come to every event or whatever, like they, they hear about it and they're excited to connect with us and with each other. And, Um, I think we've had some more conversations with folks who want to host (laughs) are starting to offer to host as well. And it's, it's exciting and support each other in different ways. Like Andrew said, like a bunch of people have gardens. So we're excited to see what that leads to. And this is just like a very brief snapshot of like, there's so many stories that we could tell from this last year that have come from these relationships and it feels really slow, like as we're doing it and it takes some planning and intentionality to put on these parties, but we can look back on this last year and say, wow, we, we had like pretty much a monthly event and then got to have other couples over for dinner. And I think that's sort of what we're wanting to lean into moving forward is just deeper Relationships. And now that we've had these parties, we can start to get a little bit deeper with people because they've gotten more comfortable with us and us with them. And so, yeah, I think we're excited for more of that <laughs> this year.
0: That's great. I love how you've had such a range of touch points with your neighbors from, you know, these really planned out, uh, events, you know, with prizes for the best soup and all that, and to just real organic, um, kind of interactions and fun laid back sort of things to experiencing crisis moments together and having to navigate that. And, and all those things just, I mean, that's doing life together, right. Where it's not, it's not all programmatic. It's not this, once a week, we're going to get together and do this thing. But you're really just open to um, whichever way the wind's going to blow, you know, and, and it's been interesting to see how your community in particular, especially with the weather events <laughs> over the last year, you guys have gotten the worst of it. But in, in a weird way, it has been uh, a blessing um, and brought the community together, which is so cool. It's very easy to go into a situation like this with with a plan and try to force our plan on whatever the context is. It's much harder to step back and be good listeners and learners of your context. And you guys have done such a great job at that and have been blessed in return, which is so cool. So thanks for sharing some of those stories. Um, one thing that I think is a huge, huge blessing for you all is the fact that the four of you live so close to one another, you know, two doors down, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's something that I've prayed for, for all of our people and all of our micro churches that people would have uh, partners in in mission just right there you know, where it's so easy to just do life together. If you get iced into your neighborhood for two weeks, you can be with one another and, and care for one another. And so very few people have that. So what's it been like to live so close to one another and just really have an organic relationship that allows you guys to kind of do spontaneous mission together.
3: Um, in short, um, it's been amazing. Um, I'd say, you know, though it's not necessary for perhaps core members of NMC to live so close uh, together, two doors down or or whatever. Um, I think we'd all agree that it's definitely ideal. And uh, I've characterized it this way before, but I, I see it as like the ultimate cheat code almost. If, if anyone is starting uh, an MC in a specific neighborhood. Uh, and then, yeah, to, to push that point even further, uh, both of us, both both couples here um, have talked about, hey, maybe, you know, even if we were to move out of Saybrook Village, um, which is probably likely in our lifetime, uh, you know, one of the first things we would do, is uh try to get on the scene in that new neighborhood and and find another couple or household to partner with um that live you know two doors down or right across the street um all that to say it's been extremely impactful we think um with everything uh i i think you know it's it's special to do life on life with another couple um just seeing them regularly throughout the week, just running into, you know, them. Um, it's great. Uh, the support has been amazing. Um, you know, <laughs> Christina and I hope that we have reciprocated in in some ways uh, because we, we often see ourselves as kind of the beneficiaries of the Turner support. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been awesome. Um, so, uh, and a, a couple of things there, I think, I think outside of you know being in being the core members of our MC and supporting one another uh really we've been able to I would say challenge and push each other spiritually during um those core meetings right um so maybe maybe not in our party space or table space but when we're meeting it when it's just us four or five we've I think we've really been able to, um, push each other spiritually. So like, uh, like was mentioned previously, we we've read books together. Um, right now we're doing, uh, kind of a dive into like identity in Christ and our authority in Christ and what that means for each of us individually and what that means for the MC and perhaps, um, you know, the mission of the MC or, or, or what, you know, how that weaves into what God has for this MC. Um, and so that's, it's, it's been amazing. Um, and I think, you know, the last thing probably I'll say here is, um, yeah, we hope to uh, broaden, right. Like the relationship that we have with the Turners um, living uh, two doors down, right. Uh, being the core members of an MC interacting regularly with one another, I would say, uh, both households here, right? Like we, we want to broaden that to, to others right here in the neighborhood, because we see how, you know, great it could be and, um, how, how fun it is and how just like, you know, it it's, it's almost like kind of weaving together kind of an ideal, um, relationship with, with each one of your neighbors. Um, so yeah it's, it's been great um, to say the least.
1: Yeah. And to add, just to add to that, I yeah. think
3: one of the, the coolest
1: parts has been seeing how God has used each one of us in relationship with different neighbors. So like Mark and Christina have had, you know, crazy connections and touch points with certain neighbors and same with us. Like I have a lot in common with a couple of the different neighbors and Peyton has a lot in common with a couple of different neighbors and Mark and Christina, same thing. And it's, it's super interesting how like we're in this as an MC, but he's also using us as like, uh, you know, to, to interact with everybody in the neighborhood separately. Um, so it's been super fun to kind of have those experiences and then get back on the group chat and be like, I ran into so-and-so today and they're so excited about this. And, you know, we want to talk to you about this. And, um, I don't know. I think that's been one of the like best, most encouraging parts about it um, being two doors down is having those like super exciting, encouraging conversations that we've had with people.
0: That's great. Yeah. So much of mission is done spontaneously, you know, in the moment, it's not planned out. And that's why it's such a blessing to be able to be so close to one another and really do life together and and mark like you said like you know most people don't have that and it's not obviously it's not essential for a church because otherwise we you'd be the only ones i think <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. um but you know without that you really need to be intentional whatever your people or place is you know your focal the sphere of mission that you're engaging in as a community to have just unstructured, um, unplanned time together in that space or with those people. So, you know, for us, we have a number of people that are part of our MC that don't live in our neighborhood, but that's our missional focus. So they just come over, hang out, bonfire in the front yard. You know, they get to know our neighbors like they would, would their own, um, even though they're not not there every day. So it, it requires some extra intentionality to have that space. So glad you guys have that. It's really special. Um, lastly, what are you all hopeful for God to do in the coming future? What are you looking ahead to in 2024?
4: Well, as we've already been turned upside down and trying to make plans for 23, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, we'll tread lightly into what we're thinking and feeling. <laughs> um. But ironically, we are feeling stronger in the gardening realm again. I feel like we kind of, you know, had this this big vision for, you know, kind of a community garden in a separate space. Right. And now I don't I think we're envisioning gardening just in a different way. Um, I think the fact that there's so many neighbors here that we have connected with that that is definitely something we want to dig into and ask God like in what ways he wants this to be used Um, does he want it to just be in our neighborhood we have a trailer park that's up the street Um, we've kind of toyed with the idea of like what how can we bring them in because they're I mean they're really close by it's still within that community range so I think you know hopes are just to to use gardening (laughs) to some degree because it feels like that's going to come full circle ironically I just had a conversation with a a neighbor tonight I've I've only talked to her one other time and granted it's a chit chat when we talk but um without even mentioning anything about gardening previously she literally said verbatim it would be awesome if we had a community garden in this neighborhood and I was like <laughs> all right so anyway just like these weird like confirmations from God that are kind of like yeah like whatever you don't pull too far away from this plan that I put on y'all's heart a while ago like I'm still going to use that I'm still going to build on that it's just going to look completely different than what you thought it's going to be basically Um, so I think that's like a big one is like kind of our hope is to to use that and to see that come full circle just because I love those cool god stories and then also I mean I think we've talked about a lot of the other ones like deepening relationships with the neighbors that we've already built community with um, we wanna spend more time in smaller table spaces. Like we've been able to do some meals with certain neighbors, but I think that's like a priority that we're talking about as an MC is like how individually, like just, you know, the Turners or just the Hollands, or maybe all together. like how do we, what rhythms do we want in 24? I think that's kind of a hope is to, to create table space rhythms, if that makes sense, instead of just party rhythms. Um, and then like continuing to build the community. Cause like I said, that one person that I talked to today, she hasn't come to any of the things like, and I just had a conversation with her about gardening and, you know, she seems super interested in getting together with people. So like, I want to continue and RMC wants to continue to work on the neighborhood community as well, not just focus on the relationships that we've built. Um, And then of course it's kind of like going narrow and narrow here, but like as individuals in MC, we do want to challenge, encourage, continue to push one another. I think, um, like you said, I think whoever said, I don't know at this point, but, you know, spontaneity has been kind of the thing that's been the most (laughs) challenging and uh, beneficial out of this whole thing. So I think that, we just want to have God kind of keep us on our toes. (laughs) And I say that knowing full well that part of me also doesn't want that, but I, I mean, we've just loved to see what God's done when that's happened. So we just want to be prepared for whatever he's got for us, but that's kind of what on, what is on our heart right now.
0: Yeah. I love y'all's open-handedness with this. I think God's really, I mean, he has already blessed that and will continue to bless that. So nice work. We're, we're really proud of y'all. Um, how can our community be praying for you?
4: I think like, and again, this is along the same lines of what we're kind of been talking about, but I think that we really benefited from dreaming big. Like that is what got us really interested in the beginning. Like, yes, we were the people who sat down and made a PowerPoint with steps (laughs) and all the things. But I think that like, you know, God wants to use our imaginations and that's a space that we want to continue to dream really big and imagine all the possibilities for a long-term future, but also just continue to be willing to like follow the spirit and, if he brings another tornado to pivot to neighborhood, because he's making it very clear that he has a different path for us. Um, So I think that the prayer would just be that we would dream big, but like listen to what we're supposed to be doing when God tells us we're supposed to be doing something differently.
0: It's a great prayer for all of us for sure. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to throw one more at you that you are not prepared for. Sound good. Okay. Um, (laughs) as you all know, we have more and more new people coming into Commonwealth and asking the question, like, what does it look like for me to start a microchurch or be a part of starting a microchurch? What, and it'd be great to just hear like one little line from each of you, but what is some advice that you would give to those who are considering uh, starting or being part of uh, a new microchurch?
1: Well, I'll go first. Um, I think the easiest, you know, the easiest thing that we've discovered is, you know, look at the people that are right next to you. Um, look at your neighbors. Um, You know, have people in your, in your, in the Commonwealth community or your little MC that, you know, want to dive into their just surrounding neighbors. I mean, we got lucky enough that we're, we're two, you know, we're two houses down, but you can, you know, we could still be in separate neighborhoods and encourage each other and do the same thing. So I would say, you know, just look to the left or the right of your house and try and, you know, interact with those people. I mean, that's about as easy as it gets.
2: Yeah, I would piggyback on that and say, I don't remember who said it, but it's something in the Forge material, but who, whoever's around you, can you take the next relational step with like who is God putting on your heart to just take that next step, whether it's grabbing a coffee or having that chat in your front yard or whatever. And that I think I've clung to that because I'm like, I don't have to know the whole big picture. It's just the next thing. Like who who is God put in my life that I can move a little bit deeper with?
3: Yeah. And um our I would say our context is our neighborhood, right? Since uh, obviously we, our households live here and yeah, that's who we are like, liter- like literally close to and um, feel drawn to build relationships with. Um, but at the same time, right? It can be, I think, yeah, thinking about who is right now in your context, whether that's in a workplace environment, um, some sort of like I don't know, uh, extracurricular activity environment, sports teams, right, gyms, um whoever like you're interacting w- with, maybe on a regular basis, um yeah, perhaps that's um perhaps that's your context if you're thinking about an m c and um and then yeah, and then like, kind of identifying potential needs or maybe it's just that relational next step um maybe just giving that like a little bit of thought um and then uh my yeah probably the biggest thing is like yeah don't really don't overthink it i i tend to like shy away from kind of like yeah like kind of a lot of structure and um especially with this stuff it's kind of just like being yeah, I mean, like maybe look at the model Jesus put Jesus put out there and um, he was just kind of just relaxed the whole time and um, no, you know, I don't know, no, uh, I don't know. He was kind of just obviously, the, you know, the ultimate human. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to say really like no agenda, I guess. Right. Uh, if that makes sense.
4: Yeah, I think. I mean, you're kind of touching on like a point that was difficult for me when I was kind of trying to decide what to do with MC. And that's just like fear of the unknown. And one we have, like most of us haven't done this in any extent, came from a traditional church background or from no church background. And like, you're just trying to figure out how to do this. So I think for me, it felt like a bigger deal than it was. It was just kind of like, like you said, overthinking it, like, oh, you have to be I don't know. This is just my brain, super spiritual to do something like that. Or you need to do this. The fact is you just need to step out and just do something and God will use that. Like, uh, I mean, I, I remember the like once when we were, we first met and, you know, we were talking about a West Knox MC and this was before Mark had uh, purchased a house, even in our neighborhood. And we had just decided to start meeting, um, you know, well, uh, hold on. I'm on tangent off. I don't want to do that. Okay. All all I'm saying is don't let fear stop you take the first step and like the Lord will use that in one way or another and it's just like step out even though it's uncomfortable. That is what I'll say.
1: Yeah, and and kind of like what Mark was saying, you don't have like living on mission isn't something that is just added to your daily checklist. Like it can it can be incorporated into your life a lot easier than you think it can. I mean, our first step of trying to reach our neighborhood was being intentional and trying to have the courage to go and talk to people when we went on our walks that we were already doing so just try and go up to people and talk to them when you pass them when you're walking on the street that was the first that was how all of this started basically all of our neighborhood meetings was from that so you know just keep your keep your eyes open and and you know you can you can find ways to incorporate it into your life a lot easier than you think you can
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Commonwealth Sela podcast. Commonwealth is a family of microchurches and missionaries throughout the city of Knoxville, Tennessee. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can visit commonwealthknox.org.